to the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in uh, the lockdown towers of all our own homes, of course. Devin Nolan is here as normal, Devin. Hello, Dino. How are you? All good, all good, man. Same old, same old. Missed, uh, I missed your sultry tones over the last few weeks, then. Yeah, you know, we needed a break from each other, I think. <laughs> we tend to around this time of the year, because usually we have lived in a house together all week, and it's just, right, Dean, bye. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck. yeah I didn't even have to share takeaways with you four nights in a row, which is you know, <laughs> probably good good for my, my consumption. But other than that, uh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, welcome back. That's good. Uh, Dave Weldon is here. How are you, Dave? Not so bad, Dean. How's things? Uh, I'm doing okay, yeah. Um, you know, I, could, I can honestly say I haven't spoken to you enough in the last two weeks. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. not a bad sign. That's not no. a bad sign. And uh, welcoming to the podcast, someone who people have got reasonably familiar with on our race hour tipping column on bookmakers.co.uk, although you won't see his name there, he's been responsible for plenty of the winners in, a, in what's been a very successful jump season. It's Kean Kirby. Kean, how are you? Cheers, Dean. Uh, very good. Thanks. Uh, looking forward to Fairy House now. Obviously, we've got... Still some top quality national hunt racing left with Fairy House, Punches and Aintree. So looking forward to the action this weekend. You're dead right. Because last year, I mean, that's that's what we didn't get, did we? we everyone who went to Cheltenham was was deemed as an absolute you know, scumbag. And uh, and there was no more racing to, to even console yourselves with. Exactly, so at, yeah. least that, at least that's on this time round. Um, so fair play. Good to have you on board, Kian, And uh, welcome to your uh, Race Hour podcast debut. Um, we are going to do uh, three more pods, I think, before we wrap up. And we, we don't normally tackle the flat season on the Race House. So um, this one, of course, is a focus on the Irish Grand National and the Fairy House meeting, which is, uh, as we've said, looking pretty special at the moment, which is great. We will do an entry pod, of course, next week ahead of the UK Grand National and then uh, a Punchestown uh, preview will be coming out from the race out. So just keep you all informed. We're not going to completely disappear, uh, but we probably will leave you alone after that. OK, let's get stuck in then. The Irish Grand National is um, on Monday, Easter Monday, as always is. It falls a little bit of an odd time this year because the Aintree National will follow it quick on the heels. Sometimes there's a bigger gap and, you know, you get a, a kind of different shape to these races at Fairy House with, with Aintree even further away, but not this time round. So, um why don't we kick off with, with the Grand National itself? Um, I might talk about some of the previous winners of the race and, and try and get a feel for where this, this stands in your in your thought process. Um, I might come to you first. Um, the, the, the Irish Grand National, it's never really been on par with me at the AG Grand National until I moved to Fairy House. I actually yeah. lived just around the corner from the track. And when I did, then suddenly, uh, you know, I love everything about the meeting. I can't go this year, but I have some great memories of the race. Yeah, Dean, and it's, um, I remember a tweet during the year, people went mad when Gordon Elliott called the Aintree Grand National the English Grand National on TV, <laughs> and they were kind of disgusted, saying that, you know, this is the national. Now, we know that the, uh, the uh, our friends across the water are quite good at just calling things deh, like, you know, the... Uh, the, the UK Golf Open is just dare open, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't get the open reference, but the national is the national. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to... We have our own national here, you see, and it's... Uh, Every bloody race course has a Grand National demo. I mean, there's the Folkestone National, the Summer... I know, but look, in Kerry, 
in Kerry we don't call the Kerry National the national we call that the Kerry National but the yeah. the the Irish Grand National is the Grand National like you know and it's uh for for all of us here it's just a massive big deal it's um it's a race that will will probably has been helped a small bit this year by the fact that obviously traveling is that much harder i think it's a really good renewal this year um mm. but just kind of some of the memories through, through the years dean i mean it's it's just a cracking race i mean harry skelton's big biggest winner until his brother started training was definitely in this race on on niche market you know that was an absolutely cracking year Linda barney obviously for thomas gibney who actually fancy one of his runners this weekend as well and um our duke obviously as well for robbie power and jessica harrington they were kind of like the the ones that always stood out for me but this race just just from a kind of a humorous slash kind of tragic angle as well if you're training a gig and sound horse you'd you'd probably want to think twice about training the uh, the winner of this team because uh, sandra Hughes Career <laughs> yeah. sandra Hughes trained the winner in 2015 she lost all her gig and sound horses and then in 2016 mouse morris did it and the exact same thing happened to him so i don't know why uh why michael o'leary hates the uh the irish Grand national winners uh we're trained quite so much but look it's a thing for another day but look it's a brilliant brilliant meeting i absolutely love fairy house and the uh the one good side of um of covid dean is that once the uh vaccinations get done it'll be great to be back there again won't it oh yeah i can't wait for next year already but geez i've been saying that for a year um, will you stand in the field somewhere no i you know, i thought about it i could i could go down there with my dog and bring a picnic if it's not lashing rain and just watch them at least come around a couple of the bends. So <laughs> yeah. i did think about it but uh yeah i might i, I, I might try so I'll, do, I'll do a few posts on twitter if i get away with that i was going to say that uh, sneezy foster got the memo about the Gigginstown horses of course because there's there's no tiger roll but sure she's got a few entries in there anyway yeah, i don't think does. she's i don't think she's here for the long haul anyway so probably won't make too much difference to her um all right, Kian, when I come to you on the on the Irish National, like the National is the National, right? You're not going to disagree with that. It's Aintree. But the Irish National is a cracking race. Yeah, brilliant race. I suppose uh, the one that sticks out in memory for me really was our Duke. The performance he put up in uh, 2017 was was breathtaking. Yeah. And for me, you're always kind of looking at this race as a maybe a future Gold Cup contender, and he really kind of stamped his mark there. I was just looking through the previous winners of this race. Um, mm. Started with shut the front door in 2014, so seven year old and seven year old, eight year old, seven, nine, six. So it seems to be a race for kind of up and coming mm-hmm. novices or second season novice chasers. So that's kind of the angle I'll be taking into the race this year. Yeah, I kind of know where you're going to go now in the main race, Kian. I can get I can get a feel for it. But there's there's a few of those types in the contest this year. Dave, I've been at the Irish National with you, and we've cheered home uh, a Mouse Morris winner. Well, you cheered at home. I just looked on in disgust. But um, like. You know, the, the Irish National, apart from being a, a great couple of days out, though, uh, it's it's not it's not the Liverpool version. No, it's not. Of course, there's no big fence. I'm just teasing, there. really. I know, yeah, I know, but it's not like it's yeah. not four miles, it's three and a half miles. But it's a great race, yeah. and it's always well supported, and it's always great prize money. And Boa Sports and Fairness have done a great job in the sponsorship of it, um, and keeping it to the fore people's minds and stuff. Um, but yeah, that Rogue Angel Day was a great day. Remember, Dean, we were in the owners and trainers player, and um, Jer Fox yep. rode him, and he was. Leading everywhere, bare the last, and uh, oh, thank Tom, <laughs> thank old Tom Lee for that. Do you think he got sorted out tickets for today? Um, he did. And best wings. Is there any more names you want to drop here, Dave? Is there? Oh, a few, yeah, a few. <laughs> uh, there was lots of people in that bar. We could keep going. There was, going. yeah, we could keep going. All right. <laughs> uh, blessed wings and Ruby Walsh headed him after the last, and he battled back to win it. I didn't think he won on the line, but he actually comfortably won it. But uh, yeah, it was a great day, and it's a great yeah. race. So. 
I think I backed a few all-weather winners that day. I think you <laughs> did, right? Yeah, you had a couple of multi-travels going on, yeah, weather. There was, there was nothing going on on the, on the trap for me. A couple of, uh, I think Joey had a, a couple of JP winners earlier on on the card, and we, that was like, okay, I'm going to play somewhere else now. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, if that race stands out for you, Dave, I, like it, it's always been a pointer to, to the to the English national. It is, yeah. Like, it, and then you go there next year. Yeah, exactly. It's usually the test is. Um, the Irish Grand National, and then on to the, the English National the following year. Um, so there's a few. Well, Coco Beach will have a chance of doing that this year. He has a right chance, but he's probably a bit high now in the, in the ratings. But um, that's the usual route anyway. So it's it's always a good pointer towards a good quality horse. Yeah, I always found it helped me for the for the the, the real national the following year on. And you know, you've got the likes of uh, Burroughs say this time round, and um. Yeah, previous horses that went and did it. There's, well, there's a long old list of them. Uh, Desi be my favourite Irish national winner, though, apart not from a financial point of view, but because I was only 11 years old and he was the the horse of a lifetime, going over to give, uh, uh, you know, give weight away to everybody else. And Richard Dunwoody ploughing through the last and just and just imagine to get him home, avoiding all the all the local uh, rattled kids who were chasing him up the running was pretty special for me. And um, and hear the echo. Who actually I managed to interview Paddy Flood about the race. Um, he rode him that day. That was 2008, again for Mouse Morris and a Gigginstown runner. But here the echo when he when he won, it was a massive, massive prize for him. Won the Paddy Power Chase uh, earlier on in that season, and uh, they just kind of kept him for that winning off ten stone. But I interviewed Paddy Flood on um, the old racing racing radio station that we had, and uh, he was saying he spent all week trying to get off the horse. So it just tells you. <laughs> if he just spoke to me, I would have told him it would win. But uh, he was obviously speaking to the trainer. He's like, no, I don't know. He's trying to get on the horse for Desi Hughes. But there's always there's always great stories to come out of this. Um, okay, let's try and work out what wins uh, this year then. Um, I've left you alone there for a minute, but um, why don't you try and tackle it? The news, of course, is with the entries coming out, is that there is no Tiger Roll. And latest exhibition with a bit of new headgear, Brian Cooper on board and Paul Nolan going for the big pot here. They're going to have to carry 11 stone 10. Yeah, and that's 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 not been good for this race, Dean. I mean, just just to run through a few trends here, um, like from the last seventeen years, sixteen carried ten stone, thirteen or less, and when you stick with weights from the last seventeen years again, fourteen carried ten stone, eight or less, and twelve of those winners carried ten stone, six or less. So the one exception to the ten stone thirteen was of course our Duke. So latest exhibition more than likely is a Grade One horse, so he could do that as well off a very similar rating. So mm. there's no doubt that. He, he is the best horse. Oh, Duke, eleven stone four. I mean, it's still it's still even a heftier burden than that, isn't it? It is exactly, yeah. So like, was their ratings were very comparable. Uh, latest exhibition really could have done with a Tiger Roll, uh, you know, Definitely. running. Um, really would help him. It's a hell of a burden to carry. Um, and the Irish Grand National, what's obviously it's not as far as the English equivalent. It's still a very hard race to kind of to get around in. So. Sticking with that kind of principle here, um, I like horses that have have taken on Fairy House before, um, and there's two I've taken flyers on at at big odds at um, at twenty eight to one and at um, at forty to one, and the first one is um, is brace yourself for Noel Mead at um, at twenty eight to one. Uh, punted off the boards last time against Court Maid. Now, we obviously had that winner on this podcast um, yeah. in Court Maid, but she's taken a hell of a smack since in the weights. Now, I really like her. I think she's a cracking horse, but just big weight for a race like this. And, like, brace yourself. Before that, he was third behind a pencil full of lead, uh, a second behind Packens Rock, 
a race like this was always going to suit. He's had that big a big festival, or sorry, big field experience in the Porterstown over this course, over this distance. And he ran an absolute blinder that day. He just got, got beaten by a mare who was just really well in. Um, and whilst he got five pounds off for that day, she's she's just she's a good deal better than that. So he gets in here off an absolutely lovely weight altogether of of ten stone eight. Runs here of one hundred thirty seven for Noel Mead and Sean Flanagan, who obviously had their uh, their winner at Cheltenham between them. And just a runner like him for just the experience he has from an each way point of view at twenty eight to one is really interesting. And the other one that I quite like at forty to one. Now he needs to get his jumping together, but opposites attract is. Um, He's 40 to 1. He runs here of 10 stone 6. He's the bottom weight. And his jumping at times has been poor. But despite that, he's still only two and a half lengths behind latest exhibition on chase debut at um, at Punchestown. Only mm. three quarters of a length behind Assemble at Fairy House. Uh, was fourth behind Longhouse Poets. Second behind Conflated. Who I know you're not mad about, but, but when it does click for him, he's a very talented horse. And then last time, his jumping just completely let him down, but he still travelled with real aplomb at Wexford. So coming back here to Ferryhouse, he has the experience. He's yet to win over fences, but a trip like this could really help him because it might just kind of slow slow him down a small bit and help his jumping. So at 40 to 1, opposites attract. At 28 to 1, brace yourself. Debut two for me, but this race is... It, it, it's unbelievably deep, but the one thing that I don't like as well, Dean, is the likes of Ascaria 10 and horses like that that are coming here from from Cheltenham. I just don't like them. But at two at big odds, I like um I like brace yourself and um opposites attract. Yeah, decent cases made for both. They both can fit that kind of age demographic as well because Brace Yourself is an eight-year-old, has been running in the right kind of races. Opposites attract only seven, but I got a feeling from the preamble that you think you might have a group horse, uh, sorry, a grade one horse in here uh, uh, at the very top. Yeah, exactly, Dean. Uh, I'm going to kind of go against Dermo. I think latest exhi- exhibition is good enough to uh, to carry that top weight. If you look at his, if you take out Monkfish, he'd have won the Albert Bartlett. He'd have won two grade ones at Leopardstown this season, and he probably would have went to the RSA and he probably would have won that. Mm-hmm. So I think that form, that form is absolutely top quality. He gets in off 153. I think it could be a mid-160 horse easily. Uh, he could develop into it. Should develop into a Gold Cup horse for next year, and I think we uh, we were looking back at what our Duke did, did in this race in 2017. I think latest exhibition could do uh could do something similar. And the current odds, I think he's seven to one at the moment. In some book, he's paying yeah. seven places each way. I think he could go off nine to two. I think he'll go off a lot shorter than that. And uh, I think I think he'll get the job done. Do you think then? I mean, clearly you do, but they have the op- the option to go for the what the two and a half mile Grade One at this meet and and you you kind of lament the idea that they might be leaving a grade one on the table it's clearly a handicap they they did leave the the choice to not go to Cheltenham do you think they regret that now I mean a lot will depend on how they get on this weekend but not going to Cheltenham where Monkfish won but perhaps underperformed yeah uh, Paul Nolan did get a lot of stick for not going to Cheltenham but it's kind of hard to take on a horse again who's beaten you I don't think he would have beaten Monkfish anyway to be honest um, mm. I think in hindsight, yeah, maybe if he does win the national, people will say, yeah, it was a good call. Um, with the two and a half mile grade one race, I thought an Ergamine was going to go for that, but that's why they, maybe that's why they dodged it. But um, no, I think I think uh, this this is the right call. I think in hindsight, yeah, skipping Chatham, being fresh for this, I think he's a, a top class horse, and I think he'll take all the beating here. To be yeah, fair, though, as well, like this is probably the only chance they'll have to run in an Irish. Grand National of 153. Really. For sure. Yeah. And the, yeah. the prize pot, Dem, I mean, the money on offer for this race is incredible. 
considering you know the level that this this horse has already reached he's he's going to be a 160 horse if his career just continues so this is probably the time unfortunately for him no tiger rob that is massively unfortunate for him just from a pure weight point of view but look as as keen says if he is the the grade one horse which he's given every reason to suggest mm. he is well then this uh seven to one is probably a whopping price but just in a field like this i just i'd be scared of something falling in front of him or something at at those odds in a big field like this you know yeah i have a i have a concern about i i fancy him for the race i think he's got a great a super chance but i'd have a concern with him that he's not the he's not the biggest scopiest type i think paul nolan himself called him an angular horse but i do like the idea that cooper will be doing the steering because you need someone with uh with balls of steel and he has that i do like the idea that, that cooper and lakes exhibition off 11 stone 10 could win a grand national i think it's very plausible david do we need to look any further than, uh, than the, the best horse in the race, which he clearly is. He's the best horse in the race. He's handicapped to be the best horse in the race. Um, and he could have, as Kane said, a, a bit of stone in hand. Um, do I want to be back in 7-1 to one in Irish Grand National? Probably not. Um, mm. For all that he has a great chance. There's a lot of twos beside his name. Um, he might just not be the most straightforward and cheap pieces might help that this time around. So, um, And he this has been his target since um, the Dublin Racing Festival when they said they're going to bypass Cheltenham. So, Hopefully it goes well. It'd be great for Paul Nolan and Brian Cooper to get another big winner in the bag. Um, I have four on the shortest at the moment. I haven't really whittled it down to one as of yet. So I'll just fly through them quickly. Espinito Bello for Barry Connell. Um, beat Coco Beach by 20 lengths at Nace um, in December. Coco Beach went on to win the Tiestes and then they met again in February where Espinito Bello would have won the grade two. Um, but he made an absolute hardest of the last and end up finishing second there. He's a good chance. Um, he's around a 20 to one shot. Um, he's off, he's off 11 4, you know, 4 4 7, but he's plenty in hand, I think, based on them two runs with Coco Beach, who's, who's shown to be a good horse in the handicap. Run for one run, Wild Fred. He's a bit short now, but his run behind um, Coco Beach again in Thiestes and behind Longhouse Poet, who was a long term fancy for me for this race, but he's not going to run. Um, he would have a chance as well. Off you go is an interesting horse. They skipped um, Cheltenham with him. He won the big handicap at the Dublin Racing Festival at Leopardstown. In behind him that day was um, Fairclass, who went on to finish second in the Paddy Power at the Cheltenham Festival. Scormar has won since, and Gooseman has won since. So that race looks like it's working out well, um, and he was well on top that day. And I think he could have a bit more in hand for the, for the Burnses. Um, and then the final one is Discordantly, who ran at Cheltenham, and was best of the Irish really in, in that in the ultimate Ultima race. And um, he finished sixth. The only thing with him is his jumping is a bit suspect. He'd have to sharpen that up. But um I'd say he has a bit in hand and I, I would fancy him to run a big race as well. Of them, I think Espino you know, Bell is probably the best of them chance, but I think they all have a good each way chance. Yep, yeah. And it's one of those races, isn't it? The prices draw you into plenty of them because it just they just look look too big. But you do have this this grade one performer lurking at the top and uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past anyone like Kean says that they're just the best horse in the race with probably still a bit in hand can get it done but it's such a big field there was one horse I wanted to, to pull out of the out of the mix uh, I'd be a latest exhibition fan for sure definitely be I'd definitely be backing and um, Paul Nolan's horse to get the job done but uh, Augusta Gold probably needs a mention Willie Mullins picked this up from Mags Mullins I think they won a grade three at this track then they ran at Navin on heavy ground it's probably too short he just continues to improve horses he inherits and augusta gold looks 
only two runners for Willie Mullins. I know it took him an age to win the race, but they got it done last year. It looks like this one's been put away for it. Anyone have any views on this horse? Something very cold in the fact that, that Willie keeps taking horses off his relatives, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you do. Kill Crote as well. All we heard was how much Tony absolutely loved the horse, and then all of a sudden Willie had him, and now Mags Mullins loses a gust of goal to Willie. Like, like, like those, those all. Those family parties must be must be quite awkward at this stage. But um, yeah, no, she has her chance. I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I'd be worried a small bit, and I don't know how I have this in my head. But her jumping, she's she's kind of slow at times over them. Um, but that that run last time behind behind Damalisk over hurdle should have her absolutely bang on for this. Um, yeah. she hasn't been that long at Willie's, but that, that that kind of wouldn't bother you. I wouldn't say there's a massive difference there anyway. But look, she's very interesting. Her runs behind Ellie May and everything else are all all strong form, but. I don't know. This is this is a different kettle of fish altogether, isn't it? It is, but it's Willie Mullins, and it, yeah, just I just think that one a double figure price would be my other bet in the race um, to take them on. I, I wouldn't rule out discordantly as well. I think that one ran in the um, in the right race uh, behind Castleborne West, not not quite up to it, but I'm sure Jesse and, and Robbie have had a plan of this for a while with discordantly, so that's a decent enough and price. Best of luck to uh, to a fledging trainer who is not Charles Burns training off you go, uh, uh, RP <laughs> Burns as well. It's uh, exactly. it's great to see all all these new names on our race cars, isn't it? It is, it is, it is, it is indeed. Okay, so I'm going to nail you to just uh, one. Is that, I don't know if that's fair because you've all given me a few. Kian, I, I, I might as well come to you first. There's only one horse in the race for you. Why don't you just give it a shout out and then I'll ask the other two laps. Yeah, I'll be keen on latest exhibition here. Uh, as I said, he's seven to one, seven places each way. I think that's a, a brilliant bet. Yep, sometimes the obvious stares you in the face and says that makes sense. I, I, I'm not I'm not far away from that view too. Dave? Uh, Espinito Bello, for, uh, Espinito 16 to one. Okay, for Barry Connor, Mark Bolger and Dermo, you gave us a couple, but you know, one. Yeah, uh, brace yourself just from an each way angle. I think he's um, a huge price considering that the uh, the place on that is probably worth as much as what the win will be on the favourite anyway. And he's gone through a race like this already with a plum to finish second. So I think uh, brace yourself is a great each way better. Fair enough, fair enough. And as, as Kian uh, uh, went for latest exhibition, I'll throw or, Augusta Gold into the mix. I think between the four of us there, that's the tri-cast at least, or you'd hope. Um, okay, that's the Irish Grand National. Now, that's, of course, on Sunday, but like Fairy House is, is Saturday, Sunday, and uh, Monday. Before we do take a break and then we get stuck into the Sunday card, which is an absolute belter, um, is there anything from Saturday that anyone wanted to, to throw into the mix? I appreciate it's not the strongest of the three days. So, uh, Dave, why don't you give us anything you've got on that Saturday card? Yeah, a couple from Saturday. I don't think it's the worst card, actually. Um, there yeah. is the the Mare's Race at 2.20, the Buzzports at Mare's Chase List Race, Eddie May and Mount Ida, the two uh, Cheltenham second and the Cheltenham winner and Kim Muir going to um, face up against each other. I think Eddie May should win this. The, the forecast is for Eddie May to be 15 to 8. I, I can't see that. I think she'll be favoured and I think she'll win. And um, trip is too short for Mount Ida. And the 330, just two, I fancy, on Eagle's Wings for um, Tommy Hyde and Harry Swan. Um, was very good last time. That was in a graded race. He's back into a handicap now. So um, Jockey can claim a £7, which he's good value for. Um, and he has good form from earlier on the, in the year. I think he'll take a bit of stopping. And then just one at a bigger price in that race would be Banbury Master for uh, Noel Mead. Um, and Dennis O'Regan right down the bottom of the weights. He's, he's a potentially a good horse um, and could be lightly treated off one, two, three. And then in the bumpers, um, I think Party Central will win the 440. 
uh, for Stevie Foster and Jamie Codd. And then let's be clear about it for Gavin Cromwell, who was second behind both Sir Jared and Kilcrude. Um, and he can get his head in front on Saturday. Very good. A couple of the uh, flat races covered there. Some nice horses in those, to be fair. Keen, what do you like on Saturday at Fairy House? Yeah, I agree with Dave there. I couldn't believe the, the forecast prices of the um, Ellie Mae race. I'm looking at it here, uh, Mount Ida evens, Ellie Mae 15 day. I can't see that. I uh, don't think we saw the best of Ellie Mae at Cheltenham. I think her form went Do you know what home. I thought happened at Cheltenham, Keen? Was that Ellie Mae, actually think, is, is probably a little bit better than Cole Reeby, but she's just not big enough. So when she saw Cole Reeby, just bullied yeah, her into A bit, bit scared, wasn't she? Mark, I think so. Mark Walsh yeah. handed it as well, though. I mean, the, the Cole Reeby was jumping right, and Mark Walsh went up the outside of Cole Reeby on, on Ellie May, so it actually helped Cole Reeby yeah, long-term. He, he, that. He, he, yeah, he, he helped her so much, it was unbelievable. Like, he couldn't yeah, believe yeah, he didn't take a and go up the inside, up the rail. Like, well, he gets uh, an opportunity to put Mount Ida in a place at <laughs> this trip, but this, this trip is going to suit Ellie May down to the ground, Keen. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think, as I said, her form at Alaho at Turles, I think it was. Alaho yeah. absolutely bolted up in the Reiner. That's exceptionally strong form. So she'll take plenty of beating. Then I just have one in the um, the 330. Uh, Mary, like, is Darren's Hope. Uh, she ran well at Limerick over Christmas behind Farouk Delane and Vanillier, who won the Albert Bartlett. Mm. Pulled up next time. Uh, then ran a punches town, was third to Black Tears, who obviously won the Mare's Hurdle. And then she ran at Limerick two weeks ago and she won a tidy race. She beat the likes of Sice Gold, Lady Breffney, who are all good. So I think her form is good and she runs off one tree tree. I think she'd be about 10 to 1 and good each way, Bella. Darren's Hope, Robert Murphy and Kevin Bruder. That one's in the 3.30, which is the novice handicap hurdle on Saturday. Right, Dan, over to you for Saturday at Fairy House. I'm sure you've got a couple. Yeah, I've got three here. Um, in the 2.55, the Ladies National, um, I thought Super Citizen looked an absolutely great bet here. Um, and kind of jockey's angle with uh, Maxine O'Sullivan up. Uh, really good win last time. Form behind Staker Wallace reads very well. This this could be an okay price as well. And like this is an up and coming horse rather than a few of these who are going backwards. And and uh, crucially again, it's a jockey and horse combination who who know each other very very well. Um, yeah. so I think at times in races like this, you know, horses get put in and there's a scramble to find the the kind of the best female jockeys around. Whilst um, Maxine O'Sullivan has been riding this horse all year. He's been kind of put in out of his level a few times, hammered by uh, jury duty. But uh, this is definitely more his level. He showed he's in great form last time. And just that second behind Staker Wallace and the third that day went on once since as well. Um, I think he could be a bit better in this mark. And Maxine O'Sullivan, she's a fantastic jockey. Um, in the oh, before, ferry, we move on, before we move on to the next one, did you see Ned Stark is in there as a 13-year-old? Yeah, for, for Sarah Dawson. This used to be one of our podcast charges every time we ever heard it was entered anyway. It was, yeah. How many years ago was that? And then Gordon Elliott bought it and we got very excited all together. And, uh, yeah, we did. Started. We were like, we were just working out which Cheltenham race it was going to win. I think it was that and, September uh, yeah. we put him up for the, the Kim Weir, wasn't it? But um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he just never quite made the track for uh, for Gordon properly. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's a that's a lovely little race as well. Um, the 330 I'll be taking on... Um, I'm taking on Keane. Um, I think three miles has been the absolute making of Dunboyne. And I think he's on a very workable mark here for uh, Sneezy Foster and Keith Donahue. Um, the second to Bob Ollinger, first time out, reads, reads very well. Followed it up with another second and then won very well when going up and trip last time at Turles. Really loved loved that trip. I think he'll be a bit better for this kind of yielding ground as well. And the horse in second that day, Mercury Lane, has absolutely dossed up since as well. So um, off the... 
of a mark of 132 i think he's extremely interesting there uh, i don't buy him. he he's a dark horse next year over fences i think i i really like him and then in the 405 uh 14 to 1 on great bear um this is i'm kind of hovering around this horse being my nap of the weekend this this is a like a brilliant mark of 123 uh First of all, on the trainer, Thomas Gibney, who I've mentioned before, um, he's had a really good season. You know, he's operating with a 13% strike rate in Ireland, which is nothing to be sniffed at at all. You know, that's that's kind of 15 winners all season, which for a yard like him is absolutely huge. He's managed to get nine wins out of his 25 horses. Um, and this horse, Great Bear, he's been thrown in at the deep end, really, behind Appreciated and Gayard de Mayneil. But as a result, he's on the mark that he's on. He's finished a good second and a good third in very decent maiden hurdles each side of those runs this is a horse that i heard a long time that they like him um so 14 to 1 for him up 123 here looks a tiny bit of a plot as in they could have went um to handicap hurdle after that last run it looks like he'd have run in the maiden just to kind of sweeten him up and 14 to 1 for this horse up 123 when they were running him in kind of races and he was okay back behind gayard maniel as well they they obviously didn't think that he was completely out of it so for a horse that they thought could deserve to be in that company to now be running here off 123 gate great bear is an absolutely huge price at 14 to 1 eclair de buffo he's going to be very well backed but that was a tough run in a county hurdle if he can bounce back from that of course he can but he's not the most reliable horse in the whole world in my opinion and when you go through this race and go through the actual field itself it's full of similar types um escalane over two miles are I just couldn't have him. Uh, Rula Bula, very hard to know wh- where that horse stands for Willie Mullins. Um, and then the kind of the further you go down this field, I'm just not convinced in any of them. So Great Bear, he's a really young horse. He's only five years old. And I think he could be an awful lot better than Mark 123. So Great Bear is definitely one to keep on the right side of on Saturday. Then. I like that. I like that a lot. It clearly the Beaufort is is obvious because Jordan's going to take off. Jordan Gainford, I should say, is full name. Uh, takes off. Uh, takes off a handy seven pounds, and um, the run behind Belfast Banter at Cheltenham is going to be well advertised. So, um, yeah, he looks an obvious favourite. I'll give you one guess, Dermo, which horse I like in that race. I am going to say two seconds. God, I. Uh, Favros, is it? Yay! Have a <laughs> so, uh, there, yeah, so there is there is a bit of a plot at some point going to land with this Favros, and um, we haven't we haven't seen the horse for a while. In Would the, you be worried, Dean, that uh, Mr. McMahon has chosen the other one? Uh, no, no, uh, <laughs> um, not, I'm not worried about it because I'm hoping that's all part of the plan, right? So, uh, I, I'm more, more than happy to take Aubrey's seven pounds off Favros, but uh, Conor McMurray takes off three pounds. And the horse is 22 to 1. I will be back in this horse until it wins. So it's six years old now. So four, another, what, four or five years left, uh, probably, of that of this story uh, taking shape. But Bovaros has, has a big chance here, I think, of 136. Um, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be going that way. I'm interested in Great Bear now that Dermo's given such a good case for it. And I thought Eclair de Beaufort was obvious. It was the only race of interest, really, for me on the Saturday. I won't get involved in, in too much of that stuff there. And before we do take a break, does anyone have anything from the UK on Saturday? It's a quiet weekend, of course, on the jumps front uh, with, with Aintree on the horizon and, of course, the, the good racing on in Ireland. But if anyone wanted to throw anything at me, go ahead. I have nothing but affection for the UK and I have nothing in terms of tips either, Dean. <laughs> that's, very, that's very kind. Yeah, I've, um, I've nothing for go the on, UK Keith. either, Dean. But just um, 
for the Fairy House cards tomorrow, if the Irish listeners don't know that um, Fairy House and Cork's actually been shown on TG Cars, so if you don't have a racing TV subscription, you can watch it on your TV. So help you through the Happy lockdown. Days. Yeah, it's great to, that they do that as well. So fair play to them. Uh, exactly. Dave, you've got anything for me on Saturday? You can go all weather or wherever you want to go. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at the flat or the all weather yet, and I don't back a Haydock, so um, move on. Is that like a blanket rule? Yeah. Never? Yeah, never. No. It's just a horrible track, and just does me nothing but harm. So. <laughs> I love it. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a break then on uh, the Race Hour podcast. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get stuck into Sunday and see if there's anything left on Monday by the Grand National at Fairy House. So we'll take a break here. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, Keen Kirby, Dave Weldon and Dermot Nolan and we're going to get stuck into Sunday at Fairy House, part of the, of course, the Irish Grand National Meeting. Um, we're going to kick off with the 250, which is the uh, Paddy Keogh's Suspended Ceilings Novice Hurdle. Cracking name. Grade two, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from, actually. But, but fair enough. Um, there's an ice cream van going on in the background somewhere, which is also uh, yeah. reminding me of what it's like to be at Fairy House, like because there's plenty of them, and that's how I get to go there, bring the kids. But, um, <laughs> Okay, uh, this is this is a decent race actually. Nine runners uh, lining up for it. Uh, Call me Lyrian, the Devil's Coachman. Uh, the likes of um, Master McShee is in here, and, uh, and and plenty of others. Dave, I come to you first. Uh, to pick me through this Grade Two novice. Yeah, apologies for the ice cream man. That's outside my kitchen window there. So um, ninety nine, please. Yeah, yeah, I have two of them there, Dan. for you. Um, yeah, it's a good good little race. This um, Mass McShee obviously brings into it appreciated form. Um, at the time, we all thought that appreciated wasn't a good horse, and Mass McShee finished so close to McCork. And both proved that incorrect. Um, Call me Lyrene has done nothing wrong. Probably found out a bit the last time. Um, and then the Devil's Coachman went the other way, ran behind, appreciated at Leopardstown at Christmas, and then has since found his level at a lower thing. And I think he's probably the most likely winner. Um, the forecast price I think is around four to one or so, but they're not to be believed. Um, I think he should win. He's a five-year-old going the right way, and he has to give a couple of pounds um, to Mass McShee. But I think there's more to come with him. There was talk of going to the Supreme with him. They kept him yep. home. This has been the aim. No meet, local track. I think a lot to like about Devil's Coachman. Yeah, there is a lot to like about it. That's like everything's just aligned that this has been what they decided to do uh, a few weeks ago, and this is where they're going to go. Mark Walsh, Nolmead, and the Devil's Coachman, Kean. Uh, the one I'd like here is Master McShee, as Dave alluded to there with that appreciated form. Mm. Like he's actually the, the closest horse to get to appreciate it this year. I mean, we didn't think much of it at the time. He's a 50 to 1 shot, but then bolted up in a main hurdle at Cork, um, hacked up in a handicap hurdle, and then he ran in a grade one behind appreciated again, where he went off second favourite. But I was actually reading the race report there and um, came out that the trainer said the gelding was found to have bled, bled from bone nostrils after the race. So obviously that hasn't helped, didn't help his chances there. Um, yeah. He's been kept off since then. So yeah, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good bet to win this race. Obviously, Devil Coachman has a huge chance as well. But uh, yeah, it looks a good race. Yeah, it does. It's a fascinating one because you can make cases for plenty of them in here. Um, 
Master Machine is going to have some supporters after that, especially after what Appreciate has gone and done since, even if he did uh, let the side down uh, last time. But there seems to be excuses for it. Demo, what, what wins this great two novice? Um, I thought Echoes and Rain is very interesting. Um, I like the Devils coachman. He, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's only improved really since since being beaten. But uh, the few horses in behind him now since that those wins haven't done much for the form now. You know, you've got Fire Attack was has been beaten well since I, I carried in um, Visionarian next time was beaten from the run before that Riviera to tell as well was uh, beaten well in the Fred winter. So I'm not hundred percent sure what that horse has achieved. Um, so considering that he will be favorite, um, I thought echoes and rain is, is very interesting here. Um, a brilliant win first time out. Then Danny Mullins really went for it a, a long way from home in that race that uh, the real deal won. It was just a crazy pace altogether. She could never keep that going, and but after that, then she kind of bounced back to form really well in the Grade Two at Nace when she beat uh, she beat Belfast Banter very well, and obviously that horse went on afterwards and won the uh, the County Hurdle. So, like that is that strong form. I actually think they they could be giving away a handicap mark here because you know 132 would be very interesting any handicap for her. But she's in this race, which is nearly a tip in itself, um, and um, running. In a race like this, she she'll be close enough to the pace. She could just kick on, and I think she she could just be a bit good. She's getting four pounds from the Devil's Coachman as well. Now she is ten pounds rated inferior, but I don't think there's that much difference between them. So echoes and rain for me here, Dean. Okay, vote for echoes in rain. A vote for Master McShee, and I'm I'm weighing in with Dave Weldon on the Devil's Coachman, um, and that is the Grade Two Novice at two fifty. Uh, we do have some prices kicking around for the the mayor's novice hurdle. It's a Grade One, of course. Uh, Rosie's Hollow currently seven to two favourite. Eleven to two, the pair of Atlantic Fairy and Rhythm Divine. Uh, Galois around six to one chance, along with Glens of Antrim. Uh, then it's eight to one bar those. Dem, I let you kick off first with the mayor's novice. Yeah, I can't believe the price of um, Atlantic Fairy um, at eleven to two. I think she's an absolutely whopping bet here. Uh, over two miles four. Obviously, Rosie's Hollow is very much the uh, the one to beat off that last run, but that performance at um, at Navin last time over a furlong further was was really good. I mean, you, you know, you had people like Don McLean talking her up to go to an Albert Bartlett after it. It was just a really strong performance, and she kicked uh, she kicked Global Equity somewhat out of the way. She just kept on really strongly at the end. I think she was she was worth an awful lot more than that, and she's just really a, a really strong mare. Um, and when you look at her, she's she's just progressed. And kept progressing for Henry de Bromhead, Rachel Blackmore has picked her. Um, over there's obviously a slew of them there, and I'd say she could have rode whatever she wanted really for uh, for Kenny Alexander as well. And at eleven to two for a mare that there was genuine chat about this mare going to the Albert Bartlett, and she's been kept back for this. So I think at um eleven to two, I think she's an absolutely almighty price. I wonder if Keen's going to agree with you because if you go back to sixth of December at Cork, this this um, Atlantic Ferry was second to Master McShee. Yeah, uh, it's a good form line, but I'm going to go for something at a, a much bigger price here, Dean. Uh, the horse I like is uh, La Chanteuse. Uh, she won over course and distance here in January, and then she won it down Royal and beat a horse you mentioned earlier, actually on Eagle's Wings. Yep. That was since uh, boosted boosted that form. Uh, she disappointed at Navin last time out when she was pulled up. But if you can forgive her that run, t- she's 25 to 1. Like, I think it's uh, I don't think there's any superstar in this field. I think she's worth uh, any trade bet at those odds. 
she's forgotten about perhaps that one going for the Crawfords, of course, that's number nine, La Chanteuse in the um in the grey one mayor's novice right dave weldon um a few of these mayors we talked about across the podcast and the run-up to cheltenham are going to turn up again um are you going to like stick with some previous discussions that we had the likes of glens of antrim uh no i think glens of antrim kind of showed her level the last day um like the race was there for to win if she was good enough and she wasn't her jumping was fine and and all that i agree with dermot atlantic ferry should be the favorite in this race um, mm. we've seen Henry do this before skipping Cheltenham with these mares Honeysuckle did it of course famously for us or infamously for us um, when she skipped um, Cheltenham and went here and won this race to get her grade one um, yeah. she was brilliant that last day at Navin on the same card Beacon's Edge beat Fury Road in the Boyne Hurdle and that form isn't too bad Beacon Edge ran a big race in the stairs and that the Atlantic Ferry ran that race 10 seconds quicker um, over the same uh, distance on the same day so that's proper form and i think 11 to 2 is cracking she won't be at the tree she definitely won't be at the tree so it's an each way bet to nothing um and a, a strong possibility that she's going to win the race okay okay two strong votes for that one i mean what do should we should we write off the chances of, of a horse like hookup who ran so well behind uh the likes of appreciate leperstown all right let the side didn't jump very well at cheltenham actually um hookup but a double figure price about a Willie Mullins novice in a race like this, Dave, is um is perhaps you know, maybe shouldn't be written off so quickly. In yeah. Fact, it was a hard race she had though two weeks ago as well, and she she's mm. really disappointed there. Um like the ground is gonna be similar here. Maybe it was a ground issue, maybe the, the, the first time she kinda came across good the soft ground um and she ran poorly. So the jury is out with her. Um and you have to remember as well, she was beaten by Royal, Royal Kahala. Um, and evens in a marriage race before and she was ridden to kind of pick up the pieces behind appreciated at, at, at Dublin Race Festival so um, that race might have just flattered her um, and she's on the go a while now without winning and um, she's the second season of it I know she won a two mile race but that was a, an average enough maiden hurdle of Fairy House back in November um, so uh, I can see the angle and she's probably too big a price given the connections but um, she wouldn't be for me yep Okay, the other one I kind of thought was still interesting was there was a lot of word around Galois before Cheltenham and Paul Townend is uh, is on this one again and in those, of course, those honeysuckle colours and, and maybe Dermo got it right when he was saying that probably Rachel could have ridden uh, any one of those and is on Atlantic Ferry. Sometimes that they just know what they got there. So, yeah, I'm going to struggle with this to nail anything down, but... Um, a couple of votes for Atlantic Ferry and a big price one for the Crawfords with Les Chanteurs uh, from Kean. Okay, why don't we get stuck in then to the next race, which is the um, BMW Novice Hurdle, the Conquin, uh, the Grade Two there. Um, Kean, I'll let you go first on this. Um, this looks a hot enough race. We're going to have ten go at the post. Yeah, good race. I was absolutely torn between who, uh, two horses here, Dean. Uh, Grand Parody and Gentleman's Game. Uh, the one I came down on was uh, Gentleman's Game. I think he's a, he's a serious horse going forward. One is point to point and then came out in Cork. One is maiden by 21 lengths. Then they kind of threw him in the deep end at, uh, at Leopardstown in a grade one. And uh, came second to Gaer de Menil, uh with Statler back in third and Fakir in fourth. I think that Gaer de Menil form is very strong. Like we saw how good that... The Ballymore was with um, Brave Man's Game and Bob Ollinger. I think that's the that's the best form line here, and I think he'll take a good bit of beating. 
Yep, Rachel Blackmore, Mouse Morris on Gentleman's Game. Um, definitely had them on my Cheltenham radar after that Leopardstown run. And, of course, they've, uh, they've kept him for other targets. Uh, this one makes sense, Dave. Yeah, it definitely does, Dean. Um, as Keane said, like that piece of form behind Gallard and Meneal at the race festival is pretty strong. Um, I think things just didn't go completely right for Gallard and Meneal, I think, in the Ballymore. And another run, he probably would have been a lot closer to Bob Ottinger. Um, so that's a strong piece of form. I, to be honest, Dean, I, I like Gentleman's game. I haven't seen prizes yet, um, but this is a really good race. You've a load of Willie Mullins horses in here who are um, completely unexposed, like the Fair Truck and uh, Gallatin Mans. Um, yep. We're both very interesting. And, and Mouse Morris's other horse is actually very interesting as well, Get My Drift, who was very good last time. Um, so it's probably a no-bet race for me at the moment. I'd be leaning towards Gentleman's game, though, um, depending on price, I think. Yeah, it's very hard without the prices um, for this, although we do, you know, we're pretty certain we've got the final field in front of us. They're all jocked up. Uh, Demo, you must have a, a difficult uh, debate here with yourself because Gabin Ako, obviously, it all happened too early to uh, to know what would have happened at Cheltenham, but you were keen on that going forward. That's going to be written by Keith Donoghue for Gavin Cromwell. And um, and Gentleman's Game with the Gallard de Menil form, Rachel Blackmore for Mouse Morris. Is it is it two horses and you're not sure which, or have you decided? Uh, no, I haven't come down on one here um i'd be devastated if gavin echo went on and won this because i think 138 he's he's, he's thrown in and just that excitement all day on gold cup day of this horse you know like put him up at 20s and he was just shortening and shortening and shortening and literally i thought asher look he's he's been punted like uh out of the way here altogether to to go off 92 in a big handicap like that and then to be to be brought down effectively was just awful but um i'm nearly hoping that he runs well without doing too much here and can go to punch us down in a handicap off his mark because I like he's a lot better than that mark so he is extremely interesting it's just it strikes me very similar to the race that Gayer de Mayneil did win in that um they all look like a line over the top of them and it, it, like there there could well be one superstar here but I really don't don't kind of think there is and the horse that if he was any sort of a price I would be kind of swaying towards here Dean is Ashdale Bob um like he fell behind Bob Bob Ollinger when really fancied to go well and then he came back sick at Leperstown like a lot of Jessica Harrington's were. Jessica Harrington's horses are obviously in a much better place now, but he beat Fakira well at Navin, uh, beat wide receiver earlier on in the season as well. And if Ashdale Bob is back on terms with himself, like I think he, he could well be the best of these. I love gentleman's game as a horse, but two miles four for him, like he, he was only kicking in into gear when they kind of were getting to, towards the end of, of the two mile six at Leperstown. So a tighter track like um like Fairy House, I, I'm I'm just not I'm not a hundred percent sure on him uh, for a race like this because he will more than likely go a favourite. So if I had to pick one, it would be Ashdale Bob, but it's a race I think I'll be watching Dean. Okay. Okay. Um, prices could dictate everything there, and we're just waiting for them, obviously, to come round. But gentlemen's game, definitely on my radar for that contest, and I'd agree uh, with Kean for the Mouse Morris Rachel Blackmore combination there for that 350. Um, there is the um, handicap chase there, the Grade B Boyle Sports Novice handicap chase at 425. The best race on the day is coming up at five o'clock for the Underwriting Exchange Gold Cup uh, Grade One. But let's just anyone have anything for that handicap chase before I move on to the big one on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I thought uh, race. Recent relevate, recent revelations was um a very decent bet here of um of ten stone five. The mm -hmm. chasing career hasn't hasn't been exactly on fire yet. Um, but horses from from 
Cullentrick can just kind of kick on all of a sudden. He didn't jump well enough at all at Navin last time. But if he could get back to more kind of like the um, the second from the run before that, it's just his mark. I mean, he's running here off a rating of 123. This is a horse who was fourth in an Albert Bartlett off a mark of 132 over hurdles. Um, and he was second at Galway off 130. Um, or sorry, a Roscommon of 130. He's a horse. He's very decent horse. And um, him running here off that mark uh, with Jack Kennedy down to uh, 10 stone 5 off 123. I just think he could be an absolute handicap snip. Recent revelations, yeah, for uh, for Sneezy and uh, and Jack in the handicap. Anyone else want to opine on that? Kian, kick off. I didn't have any opinion on this handicap. You know, couldn't find anything, so I'll leave it go. Fair enough, Dave. Well, um, yeah, Jer and me, um, for no meeting, Sean Flanagan. Um, I think this has probably been the plan for a long time. Um, he was two hundred and two days off. Yeah, it's it's gr- gr- ground, I think, Dean. I think they're just waiting for the ground to come right. Um, he is a flat horse um, who was gone jumping last year and um, won at Down Royal and won at Sligo um, on good ground. So I just think they've been waiting for the ground to come back and that's the only basis I have for this being a plot. Um, mm-hmm. He's well handicapped. He has won seven times out of 13 races, so he's obviously a good horse who could still be yeah. well handicapped off one two six. Um, and it just looks like this has been the target for a while um, for this race, given Naomi's connection to the track. Okay, okay. Um, I'm super keen on Aramax in this. I know he's got to carry a decent weight keto ride for, for Denise Foster, but um, that win over Port Stanley at this track was um, was was pretty eye-catching. Uh, that was off a big weight too. Uh, I know that was on bad ground, but this, this horse will handle the okay terrain here, I think. And Aramax... Uh, should go well. Only five for Marco one forty. He's not going to be in handicaps for very long, I don't think. And maybe maybe they have an idea of a of a, of a Galway plate or something like that in mind. But Aramax off one forty will do me for the four twenty five. Okay, best race of the day then at Fairy House is the Underwriting Exchange Gold Cup Novice Chase. Um, a few of them are, are not going to pitch up here. No, and uh, Jamin latest exhibition obviously going for the for the Irish Grand National. Uh, Kean, um, the race still has plenty of interest in it. Headed by uh, the horse that doesn't like fences and perhaps not not too in love with racing, and maybe I'm being harsh, but Asterian for lunch. Yeah, uh, Asterian was actually a horse I was looking forward to going novice chasing, but uh, he's been a, a bitter disappointment really. Like he fell twice, uh, wasn't great at Leopardstown. Even in the the marsh, like he looked to have every chance coming down the hill and just like looked like he wasn't interested. Then when he got to the got to the second last. Um, the horse I came down on here was actually he's the highest rated horse in the race is Franco de Port. Uh, yep. he's currently eight to one. I think that's a massive price. Uh, he's been very good over fences to be fair. Um, he won twice and then was second to a Nergamine at Leopardstown when he made a very bad mistake. He ran no race in the arc. I don't know what happened there, but um, he's probably probably fr- fresh for this now. But uh, there's only. Nine runners. I think that's a, a brilliant each way bet there to take on a steering for Andrew. Okay, Franco Deport for uh, Messrs. Cooper and Mullins. Demo. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I just thought he was taking off his feet in the Arkle. Um, he he's a horse that kind of you know he he won a Leperstown at Christmas when everything else completely fell apart. They were talking about going up and trip, um, uh, but they didn't. Then they ran behind. And mean, and then Willie wanted to have two runners in the Arkle just in case it kind of fell apart up front, and then he ended up being the sole runner. Um, this is a horse who who's been who really wants this trip. Um, and he's been good enough to kind of to come from the back, but he'll be much more 
in his comfort zone here. Uh, Brian Cooper really looked after him when all chances were gone in the Arkle. So hopefully that, that hasn't left kind of too much of a mark in him. And like when you run through this field, I mean, Conflate is much better going going left-handed and much, much better horse. Cedarwood Row has always been talked up, but it's very hard to know where, where you stand with him. January Jets um, was absolutely brilliant last time, but again, what what did that horse beat? Scarlet Dove's not good enough. I'm a game changer. We know completely where we stand with him. Um, Janadil is is a good horse, but whether he's a grade one standard. Um, Andy Dufresne, he's, he's obviously interesting, but again, I'm just not sure about him at all as a horse and i've always had a feeling that uh going left-handed was uh was kind of good for him as well so whilst i'm kind of and a steering falange i just could never back him so eight to one or so as keen said as an each way punt in this race three places i think franco deporte is an almighty press two shouts for franco deporte dave weldon I'm very offended by Dermo saying that Scarlet and Duff has absolutely no chance because I think she is the winner of this race. Um, this is it's a cracking race. It's a cracking punting race because I, I literally take it out the front two. I don't think Steering Flange or Andy Dufresne have really any chance. Um, they haven't done enough over fences to be at the top of the market for me. Um, and I think you can then nearly back the rest of them each way and you'll come out with profits. So I think you get the one, two, three because the first two won't be in the frame. Um, but Scarlet and Dove for me, would have beaten um, Carl Reavy at Turles, and if not beaten, I would have given her a mighty race um, in the Great Two Mares race um, back in January. She fell um, and still going okay. Um, she's come out and won her next year race by seven lengths. She stays the trip. She's versatile. Um, the ground is maybe concerned, but she won her bumper on yielding ground at Limerick. That's fine. It's going to be yielding this weekend. They're out the war on the track to maintain that. Um, I think she is massively overpriced, 14 to 1. On ratings, she's rated 145, 140, I think, with her £7 allowance, that brings her up to 147, 149-ish, I think. Um, she's right there with the rest of them. Um, Frank Report had a hard enough race at Cheltenham. I think you can. this has probably been her aim all along, and I think everything's kind of falling into place for Joseph O'Brien and Gigginstown and Dunham Wilder to take this at a massive price. Big price, yeah, Scarlet and Dove for Joseph O'Brien and Donna Mayla. But you dismissed um, Andy Dufresne, Dave, which is completely wrong. And hopefully Andy Dufresne is the best bet of the weekend. Um, I I think it should be favourite. The run behind Monkfish and Latest Exhibition was absolutely perfect in terms of what Mark Walsh uh, did with Andy Dufresne. You have to remember it been off a little while before that and I just think that this race is ideal they won't see which way Andy Dufresne goes Astir and Falange you can lay that one all you like um, <laughs> that's another way to attack the race and uh, and Franco the Port um, that run in the Arco is just so so bad but uh, you are getting a price if you want to take your chance but Andy Dufresne for me is uh, one of the better bets of the weekend and four to one as it is currently is uh, is very very fair is there anything else anyone wants to pick out from um, the Sunday at Fairy House. There is, of course, uh, the bumper there, but uh, you've no form, that's. Uh, yeah, no. I, I think all the races we covered are, are the ones that I will be uh, be most interested in. Well, what about the rest of the Monday card at Fairy House? Because obviously we tackled uh, the Grand National uh, to great effect at the start of this podcast, Dermo. Do you have anything else for the Monday at Fairy House, albeit it's the furthest day away from where we currently are? It's the furthest day, yeah, and we don't have declarations for kind of for most of the 
of the races there. Um, Mick Winters, the one thing is the 315 of Ferry House. Mick Winters has uh, Sice Gold entered in a handicap hurdle. Um, mm-hmm. She went back, it's like he's he racing over in a complete array of trips. Um, she went from two miles seven down to two miles to win, or up to three miles to win, and then he tried her over two miles as well. Um, <laughs> I love that, that kind of style of training, just, just run them. I'll see what happens. But um, she'll be in a handicap hurdle there. Um, it's it's a decent handicap hurdle, but it really isn't anything special. And she'd get in off 133. I think she's a better mare than that. Um, she bumped into um, Darren's Darren's Hope last year, but that was her first run since uh, since December. So I think she, she ended up looking like she, she kind of might have needed that small, but, but still, Darren's Hope, as, um, as Keen alluded to, is... A very decent mare, but size gold I think is better than this mark. And of 133 in the 315 on Monday is extremely interesting. Um, Abracadabras is entered up in the uh grade two hurdle over two miles four farriers, but it looks like he is going to to Aintree instead. I thought uh, French Dynamite could be very interesting in that race as well. Um, he comes here obviously uh, fresh, the likes of Grand Wall and stuff are in that as well, but they would have had tough enough races at Cheltenham while this horse completely uh, missed all that and took in a penalty kick at Leperstown instead. So he'd be brilliant there. And then in the Devon, or he'd, he'd be interesting there, not brilliant. And he, um, <laughs> and then in the 4.20 on Monday is a very interesting race. The uh, Devonish chase, Fakir Duderi should go off a very short price favourite there after chasing home, um, chasing home Alaho. Yeah, but, but what I, will it finish second to, Demo? Because that's what Faka the Dairies does. That, that is what he does. And you, Jesus, like, I know he was miles back, but you'd be very worried. That was that was still a very hard run that, that he had in the Ryanair. Mm. You know, he to, he was trying to make up an awful lot of ground there. Um, he only finished 12 lengths behind Allo. In the end, like, it was a very good run, but dear Mas- God, that was that was extremely taxing, what he had to do. Um, so, like, there's a few horses here that kind of would interest me. One of them is... Battle over Diane, um, who whilst he's been called a lot of names in his career, he hasn't turned out to maybe be what we thought he was. Um, but he has some some very decent runs this season, including beating Easy Game first time out. He'll come into this uh, fresh, unlike an awful lot of these, and um, over two miles for Battle over Diane. Fresh seems to be the angle with this horse. Um, I don't know whether it's something that they're kind of figuring out. His first run every season tends to be his absolute best, and then he he kind of goes backwards afterwards. Um, so he'll have he'll have had about three months off now by the time that this race comes mm. around. So battle over Diane in the 420 Dean would be uh, a very interesting price as well. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm fascinated by that grade two hurdle because um, you know the likes of, of French Dynamite being kept off for, for Mouse makes a lot of sense to go there. Stormy Island's gone back uh, to Willie Mullins and it's ended up there. And we could see the game for the Express, Jordan on the boss's Oscar in a grade two. Dave Weldon. Yeah, it's a, it's a good looking race. Um, you need to see decks for that. Um, there's a lot of horses that might have different targets, and it could probably cut up a little bit. Um, maybe Team Mushar might get a, a deserve success in that race. Um, two forty the juvenile hurdle. I thought Tihupu for uh, Sneezy um was very good the last time, and I think he's probably the best of these in what looks a poor enough uh, grade two. Um, and he's one three eight carrying yep. a three pound penalty, but I think he should be good enough. And then I agree with Dermot where he battled over Dyne in the in the Devonish chase. He could be the one in here. I think he prefers going this way around as well. Um, as he's shown at the start of the season, um, he could take a bit 
of it could be a bit of a flyer because you might be a little bit underestimated in the market. Yep, could be a big day for those T Hoopoo colours, of course, with French Dynamite going in the same ownership as well on the same card. And another vote for Battle Over Doyen. Uh, Kian, anything else on uh, Monday? Tackle those same races if you want. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with Dermo on size goal, as I, I mentioned earlier, with the Darren's hope for him. I think that's good. She's one over course and distance as well. I think 1 3 3. Yeah. I think she'll go well in that handicap. Um, the hurl race, I'm not sure we need to wait and see Dex for that. With the Fakirdo de Rires. I mean, if he doesn't win this, he's not going to win another race, is he? Well, he just is unfortunate because yeah. he runs huge races and finishes second to good horses. So, you know, he's only six. There's been campaigned pretty well. They went for the right race at Cheltenham, didn't they? But Alaho just blew everything out of the water. So would you fancy Factor de Darius to take this great feeder? Again, we kind of have to, I'd, I presume he'd be a short, uh, very short price. Maybe something like, right, uh, yeah. I thought Shattered Love went, ran uh, quite well at Cheltenham in the Mary's Chase. I think that was a good race. But behind Ellie May and Cole Reeve, I think... Um, mm. She could be a good price to take on the short price favorite with. She actually uh, ran huge, didn't she? She uh, she just couldn't. It's like those those kind of really frustrating races where she just couldn't lay a blow on them. They were just gone from her. But like she never lost any ground. She was just she just couldn't quite get to them. Like yeah, they're serious. I, 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 I think that was a good run. I doubt your own. She's going to entry. That's so I'd say she won't. won't. Oh yeah, course, I, mean, I, I think they'd be part of the entry crew, yeah, for sure. But I mean, that race is going to cut up plenty because the likes of Far Cloud won't go there. Shattered Love probably heading off to entry. There'll be a couple of others as well that skip this. So which means you could get Faka Dairy against Battle Over Doyen, and and you know the the prices would be short enough about the Joseph six year old, I'd say. Um, it's a decent card on Monday, isn't it? By the National in Fairness. Good card, yeah. Yep, yep, for sure. Okay. So if no one's got anything else there to call out from then, the, the final part of this podcast is always just to give us your best bet that we can. We covered off the Grand National, so please don't give me something in that because uh, we've all nailed our colours to, to one on all of them. Uh, Dermo, give me your best bet of the weekend. Are we going back to that one you mentioned almost right at the very start for Saturday? Do you know what we are? Yeah, 14-1 uh, to 1, Great Bear in the 405 at Fairy House on Saturday for um, Thomas Gibney. I'm going to take you on with Felveros, but that's that's not my nap there. That's going to be my project. So I, 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 <laughs> It's been a three-year project at this stage, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll let it roll on. We'll let it roll on. One day, we'll, we'll, we'll name a podcast after it at some point. Uh, Dave Weldon, give us your best bet of the uh, of the Fairy House meeting. It's going to be uh, Scarlet and Dove in the Underwriting Exchange Gold Cup, Novice Chase on Sunday. Geez, I'm taking you on there with my nap of the weekend, yeah. Andy Dufresne, uh, which will be winning that. God, I'm not going to have a good weekend if, if this is anything to go by. Kian Kirby, go for it. Uh, I was I was going to nap um, uh, Frank at a port each way with you two lads of that race. So um, well, then you can nap it. I mean, you just we'll, we'll definitely get right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with um, Master McShee in the two fifty at Fairy House on Sunday. I think he'll bounce back. I think he's a, a class novice. So, yep, he's the one for me. Lovely. Okay. Well, my thanks then to Dermot and Nolan, Dave Weldon, Keen Kirby, and uh, and and obviously our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. You've been listening to The Race Hour. We'll be back for Aintree uh, next week. And then, of course, we will do a Punchstown preview before we leave you alone ahead of what will be a long and tortuous flat season. I'm only joking, <laughs> but uh, do take care. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews.